0: Welcome to the Flying Solo podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish.
1: My guest today is Jodie Eckert, winner of Flying Solo's recent Work Stylist Award. Jodie runs a number of guest houses and, as you'll hear, has designed everything around her chosen lifestyle. Jodie, thank you so much for joining us and massive congratulations again on winning your award.
2: Thank you so much, Robert. I was so excited to win that award.
1: Oh, look, and I hope it's, uh, I hope it's changing your life. But, you know, let's, we'll maybe need to give it a bit more time before we can draw that conclusion. All right, well, look, I'm, I'm longing to talk to you. I've got so many things I want to ask you. Just a quick thing before we get going, quick comment for our listeners. If you're tuning in via iTunes and you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a short review. And don't forget, we welcome comments and discussion on Facebook or via the page this show has on Flying Solo. Right, Jody. look, I'd, I'd like to kick things off, if I may, yep. by reading an extract from the confirmation note that you send out to people who book in at one of your guest houses. <laughs> Go for is it. Is that all right? So yep. this is the note, just to give people a good sort of idea of, of who we're talking to here. So this is what your note says. No full-time reception. Much of the payment and check-in and out is done via email, so suitable for independent travellers. If you do not see me in reception... Or oh, sorry, if you do see me in reception, I could quite possibly be in PJs or accompanied by my son. <laughs> so clearly from the outset there, you know, being candid isn't a challenge for you. And in fact, I'm just going to carry on because I noticed this, which I think is quite astonishing, on your Airbnb profile. Are you okay if yep. I carry on with this? Yeah, go for it. All right. Okay. This is Jody, This is what Jodie says on her Airbnb profile. I'm a 37-year-old solo mama of one boy, Elliot, who is almost six years old. I was looking for some way to stay home and raise my son without working long hours, so I started renting out rooms in my personal house. That grew so busy, I found an old guest house, and then another one, and now it's a business. I also suffer from anxiety disorder at times, and being in charge of my own workload makes for an amazing lifestyle. My goodness. So... Why, why did you decide to be so open? And can I ask you what do you what benefits do you see from having this kind of approach?
2: Um, well, I just decided to be so open because working for myself, I thought I don't need to put on that fake kind of five-star hotel customer service front that you know you get um and I thought well this is my business I never went into business to become like the next Hilton or something like that I went into business to support myself so I thought why not just drop all pretense and be like look this is it take it or leave it Um, And the PJ thing is so true. We had two late check-ins last night. Uh, They hadn't read their email. And, of course, they're leaning on the doorbell. My son's falling asleep. He's afraid of the the dark with monsters, so I have to jump up and turn on all the lights and race out. And then I notice I'm in a nighty that doesn't even hit my knees and I was just like, (laughs) too bad, too bad. They didn't read their email. They've got all the self-check-in instructions and I just said, evening, I'm in my pyjamas, let me show you around. And they loved it.
1: Perfect. And uh, tell me, how, so you've run your business, let's get a bit of a snapshot here, for how many years now and how many uh, guest houses do you have?
2: Well, I started off, if I go right back to the very beginning with a relationship breakup, maybe seven years ago, and I decided I was so sick of people that I wanted to be in charge and that I'd put a backpacker in a spare room instead of a flatmate and – And then when I fell pregnant, I was like, oh, now what do I do? And then I thought, well, I'll get a bigger house. And I started taking sort of the homestay students that want more like a mother and someone to cook for them and help them out. Loved that for a while, then decided I hated cooking. And then I was like, this would work perfectly for me if I could just get them out of my house.
1: Hmm.
2: (laughs) So I just spent ages looking online and found this horrific Uh, abandoned old place a few suburbs away and I'd saved every cent of the childcare bonus and all of the coins for I think eight months after my son's birth. and And so I just sort of – I put a letter in very open like the sort of stuff I do now that said this is who I am, Mm. no experience in this. Um, I guarantee you that I will make this work and I will pay you three months, which was, you know, every cent I had. Yeah. Um, and I will take this place and and get it going. So that was my first one in Campsie, and that has unfortunately just shut down because I think the owners are getting ready to sell it to developers. Oh, okay. I just leased the actual you know the house to run the business, not own the property. So
1: that's Campsie in Sydney.
2: In Sydney, yep. and then. Um, that started going so well that I ended up taking over the whole property because it had been divided into a few different leases, you know, granny flats and upstairs levels and downstairs levels. So the whole thing became a proper guest house. Right. Then I just looked and looked and looked trying to find something else. I lost a few thousand dollars trying to convert an illegal brothel into a guest house. Right. Which was hilarious. We might come back with- there. <laughs> And then I um, – And then I found one that was still registered with council uh, and then that was great, put in an application, same kind of thing, I will make this work. But at least I had a bit of experience then and took over uh, one in St. Peter's in Sydney as well with 11 bedrooms and then both of those helped me buy one.
1: And where is that?
2: That one's in Tamworth, which is uh, the biggest regional centre between Sydney and Brisbane if you're driving inland. Okay.
1: And where do you where do you base yourself then or do you very much kind of freely move between well, all the three? Well,
2: my, my son has just started school. Uh, he just finished kinder last year. Right. So the idea was that I needed something secure for his years of school and that leasing businesses in Sydney didn't feel that secure. So we actually bought the building in Tamworth um, and and then that's become our main focus now. We still drifted between Sydney and Tamworth for a year or so. But now that he's in school and he's got after school activities, Tamworth is home and the rest are done mostly remotely.
1: Okay, fantastic. So it's true to say then, I think, just kind of hearing that, that this is started off some, well, not not necessarily accidentally, but it was you kind of fell into it and yes, found, exactly. found that you enjoyed it, found a few bits weren't quite quite right, so kind of adjusted it. And yep. this is all, bear in mind, pre-Airbnb, and we'll we'll maybe touch on that yes, in a while. Yep. But so you absolutely started the business as a lifestyle business. So yes. could you tell me a little bit more about the kind of background there as to you know, there are I'm sure people listening think, well, gee, there could be an easier way than this. You know,
2: so. you know, someone once said to me, the things you find easy in life are your gifts and your strengths. And they're not necessarily things that anyone else will find easy. Mm. Um, and I have to remind myself of that constantly because for me, running guest houses is simple. It's like breathing. Um, I don't that, feel. I,
1: I just find that so astonishing <laughs> because I'm, I must say, whenever I go away and stay in a guest house uh, with my darling wife and with our son, you know, I, I find that I get one point in the weekend where we're sort of sitting on a deck, you know, in a in a in a nice raffia chair, watching the sun go down and thinking, I could do this. How hard is this? And then usually by the end of day two, it's like, oh, I'd never do this.
2: Yeah. Well, you know? it's, it's quite funny you mention that because after I won the Work Stylist Award, hmm. I was looking at my own application and I was like, you know, I think I'm probably strong enough now in Tamworth that... Maybe I should focus more on Tamworth. So I actually put the uh, Crossroads Guest House in St. Peter's up for sale. And um, I did have a buyer which has since fallen through and I've got another one lined up now. But mm. part of that I offered, you know, training because I said here is a business that has been set up from scratch as a lifestyle business and doesn't need I was saying, any particular skill set. But once I started training someone, then I started realising over the years how much I have done, Mm. how many dozens of websites I've got my fingers in, how many things are set up to make it all run smoothly. And, and watching someone who was trying to get their head around all that, I then realised, ah, there is actually a
1: lot of stuff involved. And, and which plays neatly back to what you were saying, that the, the things that you find easy, the skills yes. that you are not necessarily what everybody else has. So let's just have a – let me just before I go any further, let me just give a quick mention to one of our – well, in fact, to our delightful sponsor – um, I should mention that support for this podcast comes from Sendle, the door-to-door parcel delivery service that's cheaper than the post office. Head to sendle.com forward slash flying solo to get free Sendle premium worth $120 a year. And you'll get an extra dollar off every parcel you send. Now, that's a, that's a pretty good deal. Anyway, back to where we were. So you're saying then that through this process of of uh, of selling or, or looking to sell one of your uh, venues, you're realizing now then that what that you need to sort of proceduralize things a bit more. That you, or did I hear well, there that you're you see an opportunity for another business which is a sort of training business?
2: Yes, exactly. Ah, I, th- I think I already have proceduralized everything fairly well because I'm used to having uh, backpackers help me out remotely or house managers live in the properties while I'm in Tamworth or temporary staff come in when I'm moving around or travelling. So I think I've, I've got a lot of those threads were already all out there. So the process of trying to sell it has been great because I've had to bring it all together. And it, I do have a notebook that I have been meaning, um for years to expand on, which is exactly that, is some sort of training or consultancy or, um, you know, a business that sort of helps people do all this kind of stuff. I mean I'm a little bit behind it now that, as we were saying, Airbnb is out there and there are people making their living off Airbnb consultancy. Mm. But um, certainly something in that field um, I think I could do. Or the other thing I was thinking was a sort of a standalone management company that comes into guest houses and boarding houses and those type of places And can either run them for owners or help them systemize everything.
1: Okay. So there's clearly a a very strong and healthy entrepreneurial streak pumping through your veins, which is…
2: Completely. It's just a fluke that it turned out that this decade it's guest houses. I have no business degrees. I have no tourism or hospitality background
1: at all. Well, look, let's, let's have a look at this, um, uh, the work-life sort of balance that you have. We, 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 so Elliot is nearly six or is six now?
2: He's now since turned six. So he's, he's just started uh, well, year one a couple oh, of days
1: ago. Oh, fantastic. So how do you, in, in fact, indeed, do you delineate between life and work? Do you have any, how do you sort of handle boundaries in that regard?
2: Um I'm getting better at it the longer I do this, but I was just watching uh, Jack DeLosa from the Entourage talking about not work-life balance, but work-life harmony. And that's Mm -hmm. more what I try and aim for because it is such an integrated thing. I mean, currently we're living at the guest house I'm managing. So setting boundaries like eight o'clock at night, that's it. No one's going to knock on my door for anything. Doesn't work because then someone will lock themselves out at nine o'clock at night Mm. and and knock on on my door Um, so i've set it up more that it sort of just flows into each other um rather than sort of sitting down and going right i've done four hours of work and now i'm going to go and take four hours off or um and then i do block out Um, I mean, it's all a work in progress with Elliot having only just started school the last year or two. Sure. So, it's a change, constantly changing. It's changed now from what it used to be when I could travel much easier with him. But I'm leaning now towards uh, spending all my school holidays with him, traveling the world somewhere, and then term time, uh, nine to three, I'm pretty much in the office doing all the work. Little bits, uh, you know, before he goes to school or after an evenings, but then trying to block off those school holidays and put a manager in so that we have at least, um, well, I say at least, but it turns out to be, you know, a couple of months almost of travel every year.
1: Mm. And, and I loved reading that in your um, your application when you, when you entered the WorkSellers Award and seeing that, um, you know, it's something that people often talk about, but that you really do it. You know, you're showing you're you're a single mum, you've got these three businesses, pretty well, you know, pretty demanding businesses geographically, uh, you know, spread around the place. And you managed to take your son to see parts of the world. And that's clearly right up there at the top of, of your kind of wish list, your yes, things that you yeah. absolutely have. Is there anything else that you that you feel you kind of absolutely must do um, with regard to sort of the lifestyle side of your business?
2: Uh, one of the other things I mentioned in the award was I'd started a dating company. Uh, just, you know, I mean I used to be one of my many careers was I did stand-up comedy and events management years ago. <laughs> Why
1: does so- that not surprise <laughs> me?
2: <laughs> right. I miss that. I'm, I am I mean running a guest house, a lot of it is behind the scenes I do get my best reviews, obviously, when I'm out in front having a drink and laughing with everyone. Mm. But I do miss that that element of performing, of organising something to a deadline. So, being that I'm single, I just organised this dating uh, event last year, and I think you know at least once a year I need to pop up and do something like that where uh, it's not about being a parent, it's not about work life balance and the money. It's just a whole Damn. heap of fun. I hired a bar. We had 50 people come in. I hired hostesses. I mean, it—you know—it covered all my costs. Uh, didn't make me any money. Had an absolutely fantastic night.
1: Brilliant. So this is something that you'll—that sounds like it's going to continue. Yes, continue of course. Around. Yeah, I've
2: started meetup groups now, and I've got logos and banners, and it's just still sitting there in my cupboard, thinking, "Yes, I will run an event this year, at least one."
1: Fantastic. Now, tell me, there's another uh, initiative that you run. I'd love to love for you to explain this. I, I think of it as your IKEA program.
2: Oh yes. So just um, to
1: explain that one.
2: Well, in Tamworth, I very quickly found out that they seem to think they're much more isolated from the bigger cities than they actually are. Mm. Um, so there's not a lot of cheap and cheerful furniture options, and I had 32 bedrooms to furnish. So the easiest thing for me to do was IKEA, and right. then when word started spreading that, Jodie setting up the Rex guest house has got Ikea. You know, everyone loves the idea of Ikea here. Uh, People started asking me to pick up things for them. So I just sort of plucked a figure out of the air and said, right, well, for 30% on top of the catalogue, I'll get you whatever you want when I happen to be there or at my Sydney guest house. So before long, my poor son has barely got room for his seat in the car and we're shoving in things left, (laughs) right and centre, roof racks full. So Um, you do like a
1: delivery service for for all the people in Tamworth?
2: But what I would do is they would have to come to the Rex to pick it up so that then they could see what I was doing here as well because the guest house did have such a bad reputation in town before I bought it. Making them come to me was just great at getting word of mouth spread about that it was changing as they came to pick up their IKEA.
1: That's just so clever. (laughs) And, And I think it's true to say that Elliot also plays a role increasingly within the business, doesn't he?
2: Oh, yes. He says that he wants to be a guest houser and he told me yesterday that at 17 he will start being a guest houser um, and that I will need to pay him but I'm not to fire him if he makes mistakes.
1: Right. That <laughs> seems 11. reasonable. But he, yes. also, he plays a role. Haven't you got him on some kind of incentive yes. program? How does that um, work?
2: Oh, he was running the vending machine and the drinks fridge. So, um, we'd go shopping and we'd, you know, try and explain to him to help him with his maths to stock up on things that only cost a dollar and then put them in our vending machine and our fridges for $2 and then sell them to the guests. Um, and then he would get that money and he could go and uh, spend it on toys or whatever he liked. But we had a, a group of little athletics book the house one weekend and he decided instead that they would all get free chocolate. Thanks. Um <laughs> I was like, fine, okay. Well, there's no money now if you do that. Um, and then other times, he's decided we need to sell more if he wants more things.
1: Fantastic. So he's <laughs> he's certainly getting a very hands-on introduction to uh, to small business and entrepreneurship oh yes yeah. he yeah. sounds very uh, i did a similar thing with my son when he was much younger and he wanted to sell sort of skateboard stickers so i bought him a bulk supply of these <laughs> and he was the idea was he was going to take him to school and flog them for sort of three dollars each and i think they cost me ten dollars for the whole lot and then lo and behold, by the next morning, every single one of them adorned his bedroom wall. He just So that was the end of that business.
2: Sorry, that's my phone ringing. I'm just trying to that's hang out.
1: You take those as a customer. Come on, take the booking.
2: No, I don't know. no, no. You wouldn't you would laugh if I tell you what my voicemail message is. Okay. It is I hate answering this phone. And if you really want a booking, you'll email me.
1: <laughs> Fine. An email how, does, how does that work?
2: Um, I would say 98% of people email right. and then occasionally we get people, because we're based in the country, people that don't have Wi-Fi and aren't you know up with the internet or whatever, and they leave these pleading messages about, I really want to come and stay but I don't have an email address. Oh, Please, dear. I hope you return my call. And, of course, I always do check the messages and return their calls. And then I just explain to them that it's really just another way that I try and you know run the business so they're not being interrupted constantly.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah. I guess because you are – So open, it's sort of every aspect, every kind of interface of your business. I I notice on your websites as well, really clear, really open. Hey, this is what you get. This is not the five-star Hilton. Yes. This is, you know, this is my business. I run it as part of my life. And and I guess what that does is is, um, ensures that those people that do come you know, they have that understanding. I guess it won't suit everybody, but presumably, yes. I mean, what are your, what, are how are you finding the whole kind it's, of review path with Airbnb and so on?
2: Oh, it, um, Airbnb is a little bit easier than some of the other channels because you can reply to them, you can update um, listings for each, you know, of your properties. But things like Booking.com, which are set up more for traditional hotels, hmm. they're the ones that the reviews just make me laugh. I mean... Sometimes they make me cry, but um, people will see our cheap prices and they'll see that I've rated myself as one star and and they will just go with that price because it's so much cheaper than anything else. Then they'll turn up here and realize it's not what they want. So to avoid that, I do send out that email with so much detail about what to expect and they still think that they can do it. Then they turn up here stay the night, don't say anything to me, and then go and leave a 2 out of 10 review or something, which is right. just heartbreaking because, mm. you know, if they want a hotel, I'll help them get a hotel. We're, we're never going to be a hotel. The building was built in the 1930s. There's only so much we can do. Um, so it swings wildly and I've, I've learned to make a bit of fun out of it now. You know, you'll get two 10 out of 10 reviews and then a 2 and then a 3 and sometimes it's people that stayed the same night, right. that had the same experience and it's it's just insane, and and some of the reviews, the the bad reviews, are atrocious. I think one was worse than a Thai prison camp.
1: Oh dear, dear.
2: <laughs> Facilities I wouldn't let my dog use, like just horrendous things. Mm. And and they don't think that there's any you know fallback or any issue for just saying that. Mm. And um yeah, so I just now use that as a chance to educate more in the reviews and just reply and say. This is the email you were sent. This is what we promised. We only ever promise promise better than camping. Are we better than camping? Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, look, and I guess that's where the um, you know a kind of a build up, a history of reviews and testimonials yes. allows that to fully sort of play through, doesn't it? So yes. That yeah. We just hope that someone. You Know is that people are reading those reviews and a, and are and drawing an opinion from a, a yes. balance of reviews, so that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me, you I mentioned at the beginning that uh, the note that you have with Airbnb about how you suffer from this anxiety disorder. Yes, yeah. So, how does that sort of manifest? Um, uh, in well, your I mean, week last night,
2: in the middle of the night, I have no idea why. I'm on medication, you know, everything is fine. I had just anxiety, just wake me up from sleep in the middle of the night and I could not sleep for hours. Mm -hmm. Um, So rather than sort of get into a panic about, well, I'm going to be tired, I have all these things I'm meant to be doing, why can't I sleep, I just sort of now think, well, okay, just reorganize tomorrow. So, um, you know, after our interview I was thinking, well, maybe just take yourself to a movie for a few hours um, and just push off, you know, anything I had planned for work can wait. I have uh, cleaners that if I need to, I can call them and say, listen, you know, can you come in and cover because I just, you know, want to go for a walk or do something. So, um, you know, I just have to try and manage it that way because it's so unpredictable and um, I can always use all the booking software just to close off room availabilities if it's really bad and just focus on my son and I and just relax for a little bit.
1: But that's um, you know clearly again you've you've really designed it to cater yes. for you and that's that that absolutely is the epitome of a lifestyle business. That's right, it? and I mean I do really get the you.
2: opposite where I'm all fired up with enthusiasm and feeling fantastic, mm. and in that case I will be all over um, all of my systems, <laughs> pushing to get as many guests in as possible because you know that's the chance to grab the money. I'm feeling great, everything's great, and then. Um, that covers me for times where I just sort of think I need to take it a bit easy.
1: Do you? And tell me, do you do you have friends or colleagues that have suffer in, in a similar way that aren't able to be as, yes. as open and transparent? And what do you observe yeah. there?
2: Um, it's it is hard watching friends in nine to five jobs and sort mm. of you know you watch their Facebook status about things that they have to do and they can't call in sick or you know if they were to call in sick, do they want to actually admit? you know, in a workplace, what's going on. Mm. Um, you know, people very t- difficult. Yeah, it's very, very difficult. And I don't think uh uh managing Elliot and raising him alone with the anxiety that sort of comes and goes, um, I would be that great at a nine to five job anymore. Plus to me, nine to five now after running my own business just seems silly.
1: I dunno, look. I, I don't <laughs> think it would suit you somehow. No, no, I, I don't did, think it I would have done it. I'm sure. Um
2: But I always used to take what I call empty jobs, which are jobs that you can kind of do with one hand tied behind your back um, that had a lot of downtime so that you could do other stuff. And I have had bosses in the past that have seen that in me and said, listen, I don't care if you're sitting there editing that book Mm. um, as long as you're answering the phone and – well, the payments are done. You do that.
1: Right. Well, I've not seen empty jobs advertised, but clearly... You no, know.
2: You have there's a, there's a skill to finding an yes, empty I'm job. Sure. I helped my sister find one. She started one yesterday. Right. Um, she's a bit <laughs> similar to me. We were talking about this job and we we're like, let me know how many minutes before you reckon you can make this work for you.
1: Fantastic. Now, look, just, just um next point I'd like to have a look at is, is where do you sort of see the future? You know, clearly you're somebody who... Sees opportunities and you grab them. And at the moment, you know you're looking at this. There's obviously a a sort of a training opportunity opening up to you, and you're getting your head around what what that might look like. Can you do? You look forward. Do you see like sort of three years from now? You know, we've got um, Elliot sort of moving his way through primary and heading up to high school. You know, what do you what do you see in front of you?
2: Uh, Honestly, I scare myself a little bit um, with my lack of planning at times. Um, because I will just see something out of left field and think, yes, I can do that. Uh, so I'm not sure whether guest houses will be the long-term thing. Um, I mean I've set this one up so that I'm, I've committed to primary school in the one town and, and making that all very safe and secure for Elliot and then we've agreed that we'll discuss um, high school because we're part of some communities that world school or unschool their kids and, um, and I've sort of said to him that once he gets all the basics down and primary school's finished, we might consider mm. some sort of travel or moving to another country. I mean, I could see myself opening a guest house in another country. That would excite me no end. Mm, um but I, I really don't know. Honestly, I don't even know where I'm going to find myself tomorrow. I was, I'm very scared about selling the, uh, the Crossroads business because there's going to be a little bit of a chunk of money there, which should pay off my renovations at my other guest house. And I'm telling my sister and everybody on Facebook, please don't let me buy another business on the way to the
1: bank. <laughs> right. So, that's a real genuine risk by the sounds of it is that it sounds like I can see where, where Elliot's getting it from. So, um, yeah, if you've got the, the cash from that, there's a danger that you There might... is a
2: danger and right. everyone around me is like, you will not be able to sell that business and just focus on one. You will be into mm. something interesting this time next year.
1: Okay. Well, look, I, I just, I'm just going to put my coach's hat on for a moment. I'm going to ask you today after the cinema write down what you think you should definitely do with that money and then write make a pledge that you're going to do it come on oh, do yes it, do it yes. for all of us all <laughs> right well look, that's just wonderful and I, just um before i kind of close up so I, i'd just like to congratulate you again for for winning that workside category i think it's terrific your application uh, was so wonderful and you've clearly shown today and shared again with with all the community. You know how you've managed to build a business that totally suits your life. Um, I love some of the quotes that you've used. I think the fact that the future. You know, you mentioned some very exciting opportunities there, and you know, very much focused again around um, Elliot and his education. You know, you might homeschool him, you might take him around the world. I mean, goodness, I don't want my son <laughs> listening to this because he's going to go, "Ooh, I like the sound of that one, Dad." Um, <laughs> But I think it's fantastic. I think it's terrific. So, what would you say to, as a final sort of close, to anyone who might be listening, who's thinking of kind of making that step into a, a lifestyle business? You know, do you have any sort of closing tip that you'd say to somebody in that position? I
2: mean, I think it's it's like what people tell you with parenting. You are never ready. There is never a moment when you will wake up at nine a.m. on a Monday and say, "Yes, this is it. Every single thing is ready." I am fine. I can do this. I mean, at some point, depending on, you know, it doesn't matter how ready you are, you just have to make that leap and then and see how it goes. I mean, the, I don't think there's anything wrong with going backwards if it doesn't work for someone or pivoting to something completely different. Mm. So,
1: okay, just do it. Just get on with it. Just, just get yep, started. Okay, yep. perfect. Now, Jody, if we want to find out and I'm sure a number of people will like to have a look at what you're doing, Where's the best place to go? Is it Jody's Guest Houses?
2: Um, I would probably say just jump straight onto the Rex uh, okay. page because that's the one I'm focusing on at the moment, which is rextamworth.com.
1: Rex Tamworth, R-E-X, tamworth.com. Tamworth.com.
2: And I've also started a pretty good Facebook page with lots of guests chatting and, and all sorts of cheeky photos and funny stuff happening there off that as well.
1: I bet you have. Oh, <laughs> Jodie, thank you so much for spending your time and I do hope you get to the, uh, to the movies later this afternoon and take it easy. Um, okay. I'll just close by saying once again, support for this podcast comes from Sendle, the door-to-door parcel delivery service that's cheaper than the post office, head to sendle.com forward slash flying solo to get free Sendle premium worth $120 a year and you'll get an extra dollar off every parcel you send. So thank you so much Jody. that's all folks, thanks for listening.
0: And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes.